0: everyone, you're listening to Save Me and I'll Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. Hey. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hello. Oh. And on this week's episode, which is uh, episode 69... <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> That's a funny sex number. <laughs> Mama, don't be listening to
1: this if you're starting <laughs> to. No, I
0: don't. <laughs> But on this episode, we are covering Kinky Boots. It is the show based on the 2005 British film of the same name, which was also inspired by a 1999 episode of the BBC2 documentary television series, Trouble at the Top. It followed the true story of Steve Pateman, who struggled to save his family-run shoe store and decides to sell fetish footwear for men, called Divine Footwear. So, cool. Shows. I want Shows. Yikes,
2: let's not bring that up. (laughs) Oh my god, from the ancient archives, that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And despite the way we opened the show, the show actually is mama approved, so (laughs) you can listen to it with the family. (laughs) Alrighty then. Daryl Roth, a Tony Award winning producer, saw the film at a 2006 Sundance Film Festival. She fell in love with its heart and soul. Hal Luftig, a Tony and Olivier Award-winning producer, also saw the film, not at the same time, of course, in London, and knew that it would transfer well to the theater. Within a year, Roth secured the rights to adapt the film to the stage and partnered with Luftig. By mid-2008, they were both in discussions with potential director Jerry Mitchell. They had yet to find writers at this point in time, but Mitchell was thrilled about the project. Mitchell was hired as director, and Harvey Fierstein was hired to write the book. Firestein and Cindy Lauper were friends, and so Firestein approached her about writing the songs, where she joined the creative team in June 2010. Kinky Boots became Lauper's debut as a musical theater songwriter. Heck yeah. She had some experience performing on Broadway in 2006, but had never written for it, so it was kind of a new thing for her. Firestein and Lauper were both already critically acclaimed by this point, where Firestein had won four Tonys for both his acting and writing, and Lauper, who has won Grammys, Emmys, and other awards for her songs and performances. They both said that in adapting the film, they stressed themes of community and the universality of the father-son bond as a way to explore the issues of tolerance and self-acceptance.
1: Wow. So Kinky Boots began reading on October 6th, 2011. Lopper was actively engaged in refining the material throughout, and in January 2012, it was announced that the show would go to workshop. So Stark Sands and Billy Porter had been cast in the starring roles for that. The show went to pre-Broadway at the Bank of America Theater in Chicago on October 2nd, 2012, and ran until November 4th, 2012. And the show went into rework after this, so they added songs, removed songs, revised the book, the whole big deal. And then the show had its Broadway debut, which started previews on March 3rd, 2013 at the Al Hirschfeld Theater, officially opening on April 4th, 2013. It became immensely popular, and then they even created a special ticket lottery system to prevent fans from camping outside the theater.
0: Wow. Nice. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) These
2: people are rabid.
1: (laughs) And the show did set a new record for the Al Hirschfield Theater and recouped its $13.5 million investment after only 30 weeks of performances, which is, like, faster than any... Of the other like big budget musicals at the time, like that's wild. That's super nice. wild. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it had the second highest premium price tickets on Broadway, behind only The Book of Mormon.
0: So they were expensive.
1: Yeah, the show ran for six years, closing on April seventh, twenty nineteen, and grossed three hundred and nineteen million dollars. Wow. I would like to have three hundred and nineteen million dollars.
2: <laughs> Can I please? Me too. I take
1: half. (laughs) We all split it. (laughs) And this iteration of the show had 34 previews
0: and then 2,507 performances. Wow. Super crazy. Yeah. The show also went to Toronto, where rehearsals began on March 4th, 2015, and it began previews on June 16th of the same year where it opened on June 28th, 2015. It was initially planned to run from June to September 2015, but was extended four times, eventually extending all the way to May 15th, 2016. It was actually the final show before that particular theater closed for renovations. So it was the theater. The West End production began previews at the Adelphi Theater in London on August 21st, 2015. Its opening night was on September 15th. Although the show takes place in a British town, it took some effort to remove Americanisms from the production. <laughs> which, I i mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> it closed on January 12th, 2019, after 1,400 performances. Nice. It had a North American tour that began September 4th, 2014, and closed in June 2017. It has also been to South Korea, Japan, Australia, the Philippines, Poland, Germany, the UK, Ireland, Spain, and the Norwegian cruise line. It's oh, really? Nice. Okay. Yeah, oddly enough. And also, fun fact the Muni was the first city to produce a regional production of Kinky Boots in June 2019, which is our local theater. And unfortunately, we missed it. We <laughs> did. Well, poop. <laughs> Yeah, it, it sucked. I really wanted to see that one, but mm-hmm. uh, we missed it. But it's it's kind of neat that we got the first like regional production and the Broadway producers were like in contact the whole time overseeing everything. So I, it probably was done correctly. <laughs> as far as awards go, the original Broadway production was nominated for a lot of awards. And in the end, it won a Drama League Award, three Outer Critics Circle Awards, a Drama Desk Award, five Tony Awards, an Ardios Award, and a Grammy Award for its 2014 album. The original West End production won an Evening Standard Award in 2015 and three Laurence Olivier Awards in 2017. And then the original Australian production actually won two Helpman Awards in 2017. So pretty
1: nice. Nice. A Broadway original cast album was released on May 28th, 2013, it premiered at number one on the Billboard Cast Albums chart and number 51 on the Billboard 200 chart, making it the highest charting Broadway cast recording since the Book of Mormon's album was released two years earlier. Nice. Before the Chicago tryout, the song Sex is in the Heel became the first Broadway song to reach the top 10 of the Billboard Club charts in 25 years. Which wow. is
0: wow. amazing. Wow.
1: A West End original cast recording was recorded live at the Adelphi Theater and released on April 1st, 2016. The West End cast recording was nominated for a 2017 Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album. So it
0: was pretty good.
1: We will be going off of the original Broadway cast recording album. We'll be on Spotify and linked in our show notes as always.
0: And it is phenomenal if you haven't listened to it yet. Oh, heck yeah. So Okay, guys, are you ready to jump into Act One with me?
2: Yes.
0: All right. So in act one, we meet Charlie Price, who is growing up as the fourth generation son in his family business, Price and Son, a shoe manufacturing company with its factory in Northampton. Another boy is also growing up in London, who is fascinated by shoes, while Charlie is bored with them. The other boy had been attracted to a pair of red woman's heels, aggravating his strict father. Years pass. Charlie's father assumes that Charlie will take over the factory as, you know, as his birthright, I guess? I don't know. Charlie is eager to instead move to London with his fiancée, Nicola, so they can pursue a a real estate career together in the song The Most Beautiful Thing. Charlie barely makes it to London when his father dies suddenly. Oops. Charlie returns for the funeral and finds the factory near bankruptcy. The factory makes good quality men's shoes, but they are not stylish and not cheap. <laughs> and the market is drying up for them, which sucks. Fair. Charlie becomes determined to save the factory and his father's legacy, though he has no desire to run the company himself. Fair. The workers, most whom have known Charlie his whole life, don't know why he moved in the first place and are hostile and skeptic of the new management. Again, fair. Returning to London, Charlie meets up with his friend Harry. Harry is a fellow shoe salesman and Charlie asks for his help. Harry can only offer a temporary solution and advises that Charlie not fight the inevitable in the song Take What You Got, which, yeah, rude, but whatever. Leaving the pub where the two had met, Charlie sees a woman being accosted by two drunks, and because he's the goodest of boys, he jumps in to help but is knocked unconscious. (laughs) Oops. He he tried. (laughs) He comes to in a seedy nightclub and meets the woman he saved. She turns out to be the club's drag queen headliner, Lola, who performs with her backup troupe of drag dancers, the Angels, in the song Land of Lola. Charlie is recovering in Lola's dressing room and notices that the performer's high-heeled boots are not designed to hold a man's weight, and Lola explains that the expensive and uncomfortable footwear is an essential piece of any drag act.
1: Charlie returns to the factory and unfortunately has to start laying off workers. Lauren, one of the women on the assembly line, goes off on him when she gets her notice. She says that other struggling shoe factories have survived by going after underserved niche markets. This gives Charlie an idea. Ba-da-da! In the song Land of Lola, Reprise, which is unfortunately not on the soundtrack. what a shocker. RIP. Charlie invites Lola to the factory to help him design a woman's boot that can be comfortable for a man in the song Charlie's Soliloquy Slash Step 1. Lola and the angels arrive at the factory. She is immediately unimpressed with Charlie's first boot design. Lola then gets all the women at the factory on her side, explaining that the most important factor is by far the heel, obviously, in the song, The Sex is in the Heel. So George, the factory manager, realizes a way to make her design practical, which is awesome. Charlie begs Lola to stay until the footwear show in Milan in three weeks. He wants to design a line of kinky boots, quote unquote, that could save the
2: factory. Hey, that's the name of the show.
1: Wow. wow. Oh my god. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Lola is reluctant due to receiving crass comments from Don, the factory foreman, and some of the other factory workers. She is ultimately flattered by Charlie's praise and finally
0: agrees. Nice. I mean, partially nice. Yeah, partially.
2: (laughs) The Charlie side of things.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie. Nice. (laughs) Charlie announces that the factory will move forward with the boot production. Yay! Woo! He thanks Lauren for giving him the idea and offers her a promotion. She accepts, but is horrified yet thrilled that she seems to be falling for him in the song The History of Wrong Guys. Oh no. Yeah, in which she reminds herself that, you know, he's, he's already in, engaged. Uh, He's not that great anyway. And one of my favorite lines is, he's in love with the girl next door and he's in love with the boy next door. So <laughs> she thinks he's turning gay because of the whole Lola situation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hilarious. Plot <laughs> twist. The next day, Lola shows up in men's clothes. She is mocked by Don and his friends, so she takes refuge in the bathroom as Charlie tries to comfort her. Lola explains that her father trained her as a boxer, but disowned her when she showed up for a match in drag. (laughs) I would have watched that. Heck yeah. (laughs) The two bond over their complex feelings for their fathers. Lola introduces herself by her birth name, Simon, in the song Not My Father's Son. They have a nice moment. Nicola and her boss, Richard Bailey, arrive from London they approach Charlie with an idea of turning the factory into condominiums. Woo. Not
2: condominiums.
0: No, the true evil. (laughs) Charlie refuses the plan, but is informed that his father had already accepted it before he died, probably because he didn't foresee Charlie coming back, which is fair. Charlie told him he wasn't going to. Charlie still refuses to sell, and the workers celebrate their first pair of kinky boots finishing in the song, Everybody Say Yeah. 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 Good job, guys. (laughs) Thanks. We follow directions. And this actually leads us into our intermission. So, mm-hmm. yeah. for once, it's yeah. not something colossally bad entering into intermission. No murder. Yeah, there's no murder. Surprisingly, no one's. Well, people have died. Yeah, dad, somebody I, I did guess. die. There, but it, it wasn't a murder. It was either. natural. But how are we feeling about this act one already? Cool.
2: Kinky boots. I love it. Tackling a very interesting subject and. From what it sounds like, actually handling like, handling it pretty well. Yeah. So, big ups for that.
0: I I also will say I forgot to mention when we started that this show you can kind of get the context of the show through just the music, but it's not super easy to follow. Yeah. Like you can you can kind of get the gist of like what's happening, but it's not you know cut and dry.
1: You get the Reader's Digest.
0: Yeah, like you like you can sort of follow along, but I do recommend obviously listening to us because we'll tell you the story obviously. Or going to see the show it would be a great show to see for sure oh
2: yeah, yeah. i mean hey we're shows talking about men and dragon if we're talking about theater that's been happening for so long <laughs> since <Right>. the beginning
0: <laughs> yeah so it's, it's it's really neat that they um are doing a show about making the drag scene better for the folks that do drag i think that's super neat mm-hmm. and it's based on like a true story <laughs> but um so kylie I I have a different theater fact for you to read this time.
1: So, here are some notable Broadway replacements for Kinky Boots. For Charlie Price's role, a few of the names are Brandon Urey from Panic! at the Disco, David Cook, the winner of season 7 of American Idol and my favorite, and Connor Maynard, a popular YouTuber, singer, songwriter, and an actor, Yeah. for Lola slash Simon, Wayne Brady from Whose Line Is It Anyway, and Todrick Hall, a popular YouTuber, played them. For Lauren, Taylor Louderman, who is most known for her originating the role as Regina in Mean Girls, and Kristen Maldonado. She is one of the members of Pentatonix. And for Dawn, we have T. Barber, the former NFL running back for the Giants. Yeah, that's the one I least expect.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's gone on to do various TV things, and I think he's a host on the Today Show currently, but I just thought that was, yeah, super, super out of left field, but sure. (laughs) And also, I would give anything to see the production where Wayne Brady played Lola. Oh, for sure. I would love that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, I think Wayne Brady would smash any role given to him in this context.
0: That is true. I mean, he's Wayne Brady. How can you go wrong? (laughs) But yeah, so I thought that was kind of neat to go into into that a little. Before we jump into our next act, just to remind you guys, we do have merch, which you can find at www.ragtagnetwork.com slash merch. And you can also find more of us, if you'd like, on that main website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. And if you want more of us, you can always check out our socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Save Me an Aisle Seat. And we're also on Twitter at Save an Aisle Seat. Go check us out, see what we're up to, and we've got a big announcement today. We have hit four thousand downloads.
2: Woohoo! Woo! Thanks to you guys.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks, it's super guys. amazing. Whoop We're super excited to hit hit a really major goal, and we're not going to announce every hundred like we did in the beginning because we're at a really big milestone, which we're really proud of. But we will tell you when we get to five thousand downloads, which will hopefully be soon, because you're telling your friends and family and everybody else, right? Yes. Please? But we're super, we're super thankful and we really appreciate you guys getting us up this high. So thanks. All right, you guys, are we ready to, I was going to say sachet into Act 2? Ooh. Just going to work our way into Act 2?
2: I mean, let's get kinky into Act 2 comes up, but.
0: All right. Okay. Well, either way. <laughs> act 2, everybody. So some of the factory haven't been super thrilled with the change to their production line because they're lame. Some of them, especially Don, make Lola feel super unwelcome because they're jerks. What a jerk. However, Lola doesn't back down and actually taunts Don back, which go for her. She enlists the factory's female workers to help prove that Lola is closer to a woman's ideal man than Don in the song What a Woman Wants, which might be my favorite song. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty great. So Lola challenges Don to a bet to see who is the better man, quote unquote. Lola will do anything that Don specifies to prove that they're a man, only if Don will do the same thing for her. So Don's challenge is that Lola fight him in a boxing match. (laughs) Poor choice. So Lola, due to her background, easily scores against Don, but in the end, she actually lets him win in the song In This Corner. Oh. Don asks why she let him win, and she says she is not so cruel as to humiliate him in front of his friends, which fair, but also he kind of deserved to be knocked around, but whatever. But her challenge in return is for him to accept someone for who they are. Pretty hard challenge for someone like Don. Man.
2: Yeah. Get served, you fool.
0: Charlie is pouring his
1: own money into the factory, trying to make sure they're ready in time for Milan. He's getting frantic that the product isn't right and forces his staff to redo what he considers as shoddy work. Nicola arrives, fed up with Charlie's obsession over the factory, and breaks up with him. Lola, meanwhile, has been making decisions without consulting Charlie. She's decided to have her angels wear the boots on the runway instead of hiring professional models. Charlie, completely overwhelmed at this point, which is fair, lashes out at her, humiliating her in front of the workers. Lola storms out, and the workers go home. Alone, Charlie has to confront what the weight of his father's legacy means to him, and what it means to be his own man, in the song Soul of a Man. Lauren finds Charlie and convinces him to return to the factory. Meanwhile, Adon has persuaded the workers to return to the factory and sacrifice a week's pay to get the shoes ready on time. Charlie asks Lauren if Don had finished Lola's challenge and accepted her. Lauren explains that the person Don accepted was actually
0: Charlie. Aww. no! Plot twist.
2: <laughs> I was expecting it was like, uh, he accepts himself and he's gay.
0: <laughs> I kind of wish it had been how it went. But also would have been great.
2: <laughs> All it took was getting beat up by another man in the ring.
0: He's like, oh no, I'm into this. <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of like that he accepted Charlie because even though Charlie was kind of being a butt, you know, I get it. So the shoes get done on time. Yay! And Charlie is able to head to Milan. He leaves a heartfelt apology on Lola's voicemail on his way to the airport. Meanwhile, Lola is performing her act in a nursing home in her hometown. She speaks to her dying father and the two reach a sense of closure in the song Hold Me in Your Heart.
1: I was going to say, that's a very weird place to have a drag show. Yes. But now I get it.
0: I mean, old people can enjoy drag. Who knows? Charlie and Lauren arrive in Milan. He has no models, so he is forced to walk the runway himself. Get a boy. <laughs> Lauren is thrilled by his dedication in the song The History of Wrong Guys reprise. Not on the soundtrack. The show threatens to be a disaster anyway until Lola arrives with her angels to save the day. woo Lauren and Charlie share their first kiss and the whole company celebrates the success of the Kinky Boots in the song Raise You Up Slash Just Be. woo and also in the in the song when Lauren and Charlie share the kiss, she's like, wait, you're single? And he's like, Yeah. And she's like, and you're not gay? He's like, no. <laughs> and then they <laughs> then they go on a date. It's pretty great. <laughs> so that's it. That's the show, you guys. Wow. So much excitement. Wow. Boots. So much shoes. <laughs> so many shoes. <laughs> yeah, so what do we think about the show as a whole now that we got the full finished story?
2: It's very fun,
0: wholesome as heck. Sort of, yeah.
2: Nothing like too crazy in it.
0: Whole lot of soul.
2: Like, there's obviously stakes in drama because you know it's a it's a show kind of needs that a little bit, but
0: yeah, not like
2: world ending.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah, I I like how they they do address you know the, the the problems that Lola faces, you know, doing drag and you know the stigma mm-hmm. that comes to, against that from you know people like Don and whatever. But yeah. then they they're like just like people you know (laughs) yeah there's no reason to be a jerk
2: (laughs) well and like with with a lot of today's media now it's like there's it's starting to become pretty mainstream like there's several different like drag shows on tv and it's i don't know getting a bit more normal that's pretty cool
0: yeah so it's just one of those shows that gets people talking you know whether good or bad you know, it it actually it just gets gets it out there, which I think the show is is like again like really wholesome. Oh
1: yeah, I think it handles it really well. Yes,
2: like yeah, it obviously is going to cover subjects of sexuality, but it's not a sexual show, mm-hmm. at least from oh, what I've yeah. picked up on it.
0: It's about shoes, right? I expected it to be more sexual, just like going off of the name itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it actually was just like a see a need fill need. That was literally like that's the plot of the show. Yeah, like there was. A market that was needed to be filled and they were like, got it. You know, it just happened to be boots for drag queens. So I love it. It's pretty great. It makes it feel like it's, it's like a normal commonplace thing in society, which it is.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, like, that sounds like a legit issue.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just, yeah, it kind of, it's kind of neat that it brings
2: it into that kind of light. I would imagine, like, something like that actually did happen, and so it started getting made for, like, drag queens, and then women found the boots, and were like, hey, can we get these boots, too? Because they're just, like, more supportive and make me not want to die. I mean, actually,
1: though, like, I am so jealous of those boots, and not just the boots, but, like, to have the legs to be able to wear those boots, okay?
0: True. <laughs> I wish... <laughs> It's really funny that you both mentioned that because there is a line in the show. There's there's a woman, she's like, I would buy any one of these from the line. And Charlie goes, mm-hmm. but you're not the target market. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it is really funny." But I yeah, I bet they're, you know, probably more comfortable because they're made for, for bigger feet,
2: you know, in general. Yeah. It's almost like women just want to be comfy. That's what I'm picking yeah. up on. You know, on. That's, Wild. Our, what? that's
1: our hidden agenda, Matt. You can't share
0: that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they want to be comfy and have pockets. That's what I've picked yes, up on. That,
0: that is oh god, Matt knows the secrets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I know too much.
0: <laughs> That's why you're on a podcast with all ladies. <laughs> <Yep>. mm. <laughs> <Yeet>. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really it's a really cool show and yes, I, I would definitely support like this is very real. Mm-hmm. I think the story is very real, because it's obviously based on a true story, but they, they do very well. And considering this is, like, Cindy Lauper's first Broadway score, like, I really enjoy it. I'm
1: not surprised she hit a home run with this. Like, she great, <laughs> so <laughs> high five. <laughs> yeah, and
0: if you, if you listen to the track, it actually goes through a bunch of different styles of music. And I think that's really neat.
2: Some people just got that magic touch.
0: Yeah, apparently she do.
1: <laughs> she do.
0: So this is definitely a show we want to see. So if the Muni ever decides to bring it back, we will actually go mm. this time.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was... Around not too long ago, so. Mm -hmm.
0: But if you guys have seen it at home, let us know. If you've been in the show, please let us know what it's like wearing the sexy boots. (laughs) How
2: do they feel? We need a rating.
0: We do. We need a rating.
1: (laughs) Were they comfy?
0: You know, I bet they had to make, like, boots for the show. They have to
1: make custom boots for each person. Right. Yeah. Because of how fitted they are up the entire leg. I think I saw something, like, Brennan Urie was talking about that. Um, and he was, like, showing his off in, like, a backstage video
2: or something. Like, yeah. Do you think they get to keep them? I hope so. I mean, they're fitted to their Since legs. Since they're custom built. Like, yeah. there'd be no point in holding on to them except for, like, I don't know, a novelty sake.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope they don't have to pay for them.
2: I imagine if you're somebody like Brendan yuri you probably got to take yours home. But mm-hmm. somebody else, maybe not.
0: Brendan is like, um, I'll do the show if I get to keep the boots. <laughs> My payment
2: is the boots.
0: <laughs> they have to be at least, like, semi-comfortable because they have to... At least Lola has to wear hers the majority of the show. Charlie only has to wear his for, you know, a chunk of the scene, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: But Lola and all her angels, like, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> but they're the professionals, so mm-hmm. Okay. Does so anyone have any final thoughts about this show? It good. It good. Thumbs up. Go listen. So yeah, so thanks for listening to this episode, you guys. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, and be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to podcasts. You should know the drill by now. This makes uh make sure you get uh, our episodes as soon as they are posted and it's just really cool.
0: It's real nice. You know what else is real nice and cool? Leaving us a five-star review on Apple. Heck, yeah. And of course, the best way as always to help us is through word of mouth. So please tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, anybody at the drag shows we know you're going to. So we can get a wider audience. We would love to have a swarm of drag queens in our audience. Let's go. Heck yes. Uh, If I've
2: learned anything, there is nothing more powerful than having an army of drag queens behind your back. Truth. Truth. (laughs) Like, they'll just get stuff done.
0: We are here for it. So tell them about it. It it really helps us grow organically. It's how we got to the 4,000 downloads. So we really appreciate you guys. And keep doing what you do.
1: Heck yeah. And while those other things might be, you know, nice and cool to do for us, something uh, kinky to do for us um, would be to reach um,
2: out. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, maybe not.
1: But you can totally reach out to us. Kinky or not, whatever. No shame. You can email us at seat at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us pretty much all over the internet. So we're on Instagram at seat. We're on Facebook at seat. We're on Twitter at seat, And we're on YouTube
0: under the Ragtag Network. We are everywhere. You can't escape us. Take that. (laughs) Sounding a little kinky there, Katie. No, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) So for more shows and keep updated on all the stuff that we got going on, you can go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. It's where you can find other things that we do, other shows that we are going to do, and things like that. Also, again, we just want to be really thankful that we hit that 4,000 download mark. That is super cool, you guys. We really, really appreciate it. And we are just growing and having a great time doing it. So we really, really appreciate you guys.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah, we do.
0: Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. But I think that will wrap up this episode of Save Me and I'll See. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.